0: i to strong and dead because my dad is okay. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either. Well, either way.
1: Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep.
2: I am here determined to stop This future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never
1: let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and... Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell
0: you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Mm -hmm. Stupid question. I give you America itself!
3: This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's
1: Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. In Dimly lit room, bowels, etc. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Emmanuel Macron, the president of France. Man, they are really chummy, aren't they? Oh, I'm telling you, bromance. So what I've been trying to figure out is, um, what's, uh, Frenchie's motivation in being seen as Trump's best friend? What's he angling? What's his angle? I think probably just, uh, it's diplomacy. He's trying to do what's necessary to... Well, Theresa May doesn't care, obviously. Well, she's not as good at it as
0: he is. (laughs)
1: Okay, I don't know. It just seems like he must want something, or I mean, it could be just completely personal. I suppose, but I generally tend to think that's not the case with politicians. They are both, how you say, the maverick. Yeah, I get that. But you don't need to be like <laughs> hugging all over each other and holding hands Rubbing and back-slapping and <laughs> throwing your head back at each other's jokes all day long and that sort of thing <laughs> to to show that you know, yeah, you're fine. I like you, all right. <laughs> Maybe it's love. There's something going on there, and I'm just trying to figure out what it is. It's interesting. Well... Um, uh, Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers, running foot pedals. Hi, this morning, Michael.
0: I am doing good. Um, I went out to dinner last night and had the worst feeling that you can have in the restaurant when you sit down and nobody greets you at the table. And then more.
1: This was your wife's birthday dinner.
0: Uh, No, my uh, girlfriend's birthday dinner. I'm
1: sorry, See, I do it with you, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or your mom or something. (laughs) Right. All women are one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: That's
2: amazing. Oh boy! It's only six oh six. That was
1: Jack who said that. that. Anyway, so you're at dinner. Nobody comes by.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nobody comes by, and you start getting the feeling: Do we leave? Do we, you know, what what do we do here? Because it do we have a backup plan? You know, it's going to take us time to go find another restaurant. Right, Uh, always a tough call. Punish them. Always a tough call. (laughs) And then you're sitting there thinking: Well, if it's this bad now, what is the service going to be like once we do get going? So we ended up staying. That what had happened was nobody. Um, had let them know we were there. They mm. didn't know it was their section. And once we got going, it was fine. But waited at least, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. Yeah, before. It's a long time. Always a that's tough a call. Yep. Do I uh, do I want to uh, let them know
1: I'm dissatisfied and then drive all the way to another restaurant and start completely over? When, or, and the whole
3: yeah. motivation
1: of your anger is that you're really hungry
3: and <laughs> right. you want to eat. <laughs> right. right, yeah.
0: <laughs> I wanted to flip a table, but they were bolted to the ground so oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, darn it. Oh,
3: boy. Nice restaurant. <laughs> That stuff bolted (laughs) down.
1: (laughs) There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
2: Doing very well. Uh, Enjoyed the NBA playoffs last night. Two uh, first-round series are over. So, still the first of eight rounds? Yes, so there's there's still at least eight. Well, well that's before the finals. Then the final <laughs> right. round is the... Yeah, final yeah. several rounds. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying these NBA playoffs. It's a little bit trickier to, to try to... I can't watch them at home because I kept the cord, my cable running. Right. So I've been having to actually go out and be social and leave my apartment. And But it's fine. It's all fine.
1: So is LeBron James moving on out of the first round or not? The Cavs.
2: Uh, their series is still ongoing, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they should, I believe they're going to advance. Um, There is Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha?
0: I'm doing very well. We have a special celebrity birthday. The great, the iconic American actor Al Pacino, turning 78 today. Acting in a line of great movies, Dog Day Afternoon, the Godfather film Serpico, and the so-over-the-top Scarface. Do you want to play Rush? Shout to my new friend! Happy birthday, Al Pacino. Net worth hundred and sixty five million dollars. One of my favorite
1: actors until like twenty years ago. Then he became a different person, yeah. and I just I don't I don't like anything he's done since. That's then.
2: when he started becoming my favorite actor when he just started yelling and everything, <laughs> he started shouting every, <laughs> everything. <laughs> every, every,
1: oh boy! Scent of a Woman, Al Pacino, and everything since then is completely different than yep. Michael Corleone, Dog right. Day Afternoon, Al Pacino was kind of a um, semi-androgynous, quiet person. Right. He was great. Kind of a geeky, outcasty guy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, kind of quiet and thoughtful. Then he just began, I'm screaming at everybody. (laughs) No, I'm just getting warmed up. (laughs) Exactly. That was not Michael I got something to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. uh, what is this? Oh, it's the date. That's what it is. Yes. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, April 25th, the year 2018, setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program.
3: All right, let's leap into action now, as is our wont, precisely according to FCC rules
0: and regs. Here we go at Mark. But we do have a very special relationship. In fact, I'll get that little piece of vendor for... It'll do we have to make him perfect. He is perfect. Oh. There you go.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, indeed.
2: you
3: see the two of them smoking cigarettes like in a French movie, just staring into each other's eyes for hours.
1: Je t'aime. Je t'aime. <laughs> so I got a really young wife. You got a really old wife. What? Uh, what's what's that, that all about? <laughs> that, that is that is interesting. What's that
3: like? So, what's that like?
1: So what's the spread and age between their their wives? Uh, Well, the same as... The same, right. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, say, yeah. The math yeah, works right, out, yeah. yeah. That's that's really interesting.
0: Uh, What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, moving ever closer to a U.S.-North Korea summit. We've got new details coming out this morning. Supreme Court saving one of its biggest cases for last. And how is all the controversy surrounding Facebook affecting the social media giant? We'll bring you up to date on that minutes from now. Armstrong and Gittin.
1: We're going to talk about that wannabe VA director who's either drunk on the job and handing out pills or not. Who has the backing of Bush, Obama, and Trump? They raved about the guy. All of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like a fun coworker. Why wouldn't you rave about him? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <Sure>. How's <laughs> mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. Tales from the front line of law enforcement. Fantastic. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be a good day. Fantastic. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Gave you all the exact opposite information on one story yesterday, the act- the exact opposite of what is true, hmm. which I hate when that happens because, you know, you tune in and out of media. This happens to me a lot. You tune- well, it did happen to me. That's how I passed it along to you. But you tune in and out of media. You get something, you know, sticks in your head. You repeat it to someone. Turns out to be completely wrong. Um, so clear that up later. That is uh, humiliating. It is humiliating.
2: <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah.
1: I should double fact check everything I ever hear in my life. That, would, that wouldn't that would take long. Mm. Could start by single fact checking.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh, man.
2: All let a me know. I'm a coughing hey, into
1: choking. Hey, I'm on the beat. You let me know what particular plant you're allergic to. I've got my yes. diesel and my flamethrower. Yes. I will burn that MF down. Wow. I'm eliminating plants left and right. That's some man right there. Uh, did Does your correction have anything to do with 60 minutes?
3: No. Oh, okay. All right, I'll keep that mailbag then. Awesome. Mail bag. Uh, let's see. We can, probably don't have any time for that one. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, first year Latin phrase of the day for the Latinos in the audience. Uh, I knew a rocket scientist writes uh, Faggoty Magnus in Tucson, Arizona. It's a friend of Armstrong and Getty over 10 years. Awesome. Faggoty. Um... I knew a rocket scientist consultant whose motto was Pax in Literis Amet, or Peace Through Paperwork. <laughs> wow. You get the bureaucrats of the world up to their necks in paperwork, and they don't have time to declare wars, I guess. Uh, let's see, uh, is that what do? oh, we were talking about, uh, college students' views on free speech. Big poll that showed that, uh, there are four limiting free speech if it hurts anybody's feelings, which is a terrifying notion and, and betrays a complete misunderstanding of what free speech is. Um, and that every dictator, every totalitarian has tried to get the youngsters into their youth organizations, whatever. Uh, so today's, uh, despotism loving quote of the day is, um, once again from Dolph Hitler. Wow. Jeremy in Eagle, Idaho, uh, he alone, who owns the youth, gains the future, says Dolph. Now, he says, today's quote is the third time I've quoted him, and I have to say, I'm no fan of Hitler.
0: Mm. I'm not a fan of Hitler.
3: <clears throat> well, you got to keep looking. We don't have a freedom-loving quote of the day today. I forgot to get oh. one. What are you going
2: to do? We had the Hitler one, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. work that in.
3: That's your despotism-loving quote of the day. You uh-huh. got in your Hitler thing. Scott writes, a frequent correspondent, Scott, the best part of the state dinner was when President Trump concluded his speech with I see London, I see France, <laughs> I see Macron's underpants. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I I don't believe that happened, Scott. So are we going to talk about the video with Trump and Melania and holding hands and everything like that? If you want to. I thought it was very interesting.
3: <laughs> She's married to a creepy old rich guy. Can't you just sum it up and say that and move on? You've got to belittle the poor man. <laughs> I want to know if it means anything. <clears> it's weird. reading
1: too much into it.
3: Guys, I thought you were joking about the award-winning fourth hour all the time. A running gag trying to fool tons of people who just get three hours of the show. But it's real. I heard it finally. Sounded a lot like the other three hours, but I liked it just the same. <laughs> well, Willie, Willie, maybe you just have an unsophisticated palate, man. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, we do uh, four hours. Uh, Some folks don't get all four hours, and that's a tragedy, a human tragedy. But (laughs) the podcast is posted. You can get that.
1: (laughs) A human tragedy. Well, that's too bad.
3: Got a lot of folks who really enjoyed the interview with Jonah Goldberg during Mm -hmm. the award-winning fourth hour of the show. I I, I was
1: one of them. I enjoyed it, too, until I realized how many other shows he was on. For some reason, that sucked (laughs) some of the fun out of it for me. (laughs) You are a petty man. You're Tom Petty. (laughs) <laughs> he's re- reincarnated Yeah, I know what you
3: mean He's he's making the rounds But I thought it, it, it was a good interview We did well The ideas were valid I'm happy to help a man Who's happy to help America That's my stance
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, It wouldn't be easy to do Because it looked to me like He did like 15 interviews yesterday Where you would have to repeat You know, a giant chunk of the of your purpose statement, right? And uh, and and sound interested. It'd be easy by that third interview to say, I don't know, it's something about freedom or something, (laughs)
3: and or you know,
2: have the TV on
3: ESPN and be paying attention to a game and realize, wait, I have no idea what they just asked me.
2: I, I truly did enjoy it, but I did catch him on autopilot when we brought him back for the second segment. And he started, hey, pleasure to be here. The exact same way that he started the first, like, just kind of. the. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, that's his line, Sean. Don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. criticize the great no, man. I, I How love dare the you? interview. How loves- dare you?
1: Are you Jonah Goldberg? He was thumbing through his tweets and, oh, I'm back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: good to be uh, here. Oh, I've been here. That's right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> it's I'm- like when you say nice to meet you to somebody you just met. I've done that a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ted writes on the 60 minutes story about mind-googling.
1: Yes, I'm they, so excited about they that. They
3: weren't piping the information back into the guy's brain.
1: Those were bone conduction headphones. Okay, whatever. What the hell, the hell the of of make? All I want to know is I'm getting silent <clears> information. That's the That's the important thing.
3: Well, right, but I'd say there's a difference between piping it directly
1: in your brain and having headphones on. I mean, okay, whatever. Okay. Um. Um. You You Google something with your mind, and then you get the answer. Right. I think that is amazing. It's beyond amazing.
2: And I think it's going to be the future of everything: driving cars, running our TV, communicating with with each other. I don't think they're headphones, though, because he he has a thing wrapped around his ear, which is like the mic, and he's got some sensors and stuff. Right, but the but the thing from the feature doesn't have. At least I didn't see anything, like, directly into his ear. Yeah, it was just the side of his head. Look at (laughs) that. It's a bone-conducting
3: headphone. It doesn't go on your ears. It goes on your skull. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I
2: don't
1: understand why... Okay, I'm not going to argue about it, because I don't care. (laughs) It doesn't make any difference to me. It's the same thing. All right. It's not the same thing. It's completely different. (laughs) All right. I don't care. (laughs) I just don't care. All right. Then don't argue.
3: (laughs) Does this remind you of your kids at all? Uh, Oh, my God. The baiting, the baiting
1: back and forth. The need for conflict. I don't miss that. Yeah, you shouldn't.
2: okay. In case you've ever... (laughs) I can bring you an audio
1: recording in case you've thought, you know, it probably wasn't as bad as I remember.
3: Well, Jack, I'm going to have to contradict you again, because you don't have a house full of women, which I did for years, full of females who would not ever punch each other, but baited each other into arguments constantly. Yeah, I don't know... God help the man who lives with a house full of women, Yeah, which was delightful in most ways.
1: I don't know anything about that, and I have talked to a number of people who have observed on my two boys a couple of people that had all girls and talked about how different it is their girls argued all the time Mm -hmm. my kids actually like are on the floor throwing fists right he said my girls never did that but i haven't seen your kids like do the i'm mad at me and you have to guess why routine (laughs) yeah (laughs) the novel wicked
3: which has very little to do with the musical it's actually a really interesting novel about politics and magic Um, includes the notion that uh, men have hot anger and women have cold anger. Cold anger that can be sustained for months and years. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's what the whole bickering thing is. That is one
2: interesting thing about the... Polls. I just told you. I answered your question.
1: Says who? Okay. Um, One interesting thing about the boys, they will be in full-on, I'm trying to kill you, fisticuffs, and then, like, five minutes later, just playing together. Right. It's over. It's hot anger. And that's the point.
3: Mm. Once it's exhausted, it's over. Uh, let's see, tales from the front line of law enforcement. It was uh, Inspector Burt who was listening to the show and our, uh, our our wacky victim of crime of the day uh, feature a couple of days ago, including the, women who, uh, the the crazy lady who said, Not today! And he said it reminded him, uh, I'm going to summarize, he and his partner were checking a well-known drug-dealing uh, parking lot, and there was nobody there, but just for fun, they checked behind a dumpster and to their surprise, they saw a dealer uh, uh, arranging his rocks and doing inventory of crack, crack cocaine, figuring his profits for the day. He uh, he didn't notice them. He continued his ciphering, doing his math and the rest of it. Finally, he looked up without missing a beat. He said, not today. Gotta go. He threw his boombox at us and ran. Hmm. We were shocked. Gave chase. Got his coat and his boom box, but lost the perp. To this day, my partner and I still exchange, not today, all the time. And, of course, a got to go also comes into play. A charming tale of crime in the big city. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, let's see, where's a mm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm. huh, eh, yeah. too controversial. Uh, great show today covering the topic of homelessness at town hall meetings. I work in San Francisco and have watched the homeless problem grow exponentially. I'm amazed, amazed, I tell you, that not one politician has put together the issue of the well-documented opioid epidemic and homelessness. The two will go hand in hand. I've seen homeless people injecting in the streets, needles stuck in tree trunks. They're even allowed to get away with threatening behavior that would get me or anyone else arrested, even in San Francisco. My observations about the homeless problem parallel those of an expert I met last year, San Francisco addiction counselor who works for a clinic in the Tenderloin District. There's a hell of a lot of drug in there. He estimates that at least half of the homeless in San Francisco lost their money and their jobs because of addiction, that many end up in San Francisco from the rest of the area because it's easier to blend in with the well-established subculture of drugs and homeless encampments. I'll bet things would improve if any city, in any city, if a homeless person gets arrested for doing something that would get anyone arrested and then is drug tested. If they're positive, they'd get sent to rehab for 30 days or something like it. Mm-hmm. I bet they would leave any city with this policy in droves, or better yet, hit rock bottom, get clean and change their lives. That would be the compassionate thing. Help them hit rock bottom. That's I, Jeff.
1: Would, I would be for the arresting them and drug testing them, and at least we'd have some idea of uh you know, there, there are so many um unknown variables with the homeless situation. How many people are crazy? How mm-hmm. many people wanna work? How many people are addicted or drunks? How many people have any interest in stopping that? Right. We don't know any of these things. Yeah. How many are, you know, they're
3: drunk or drugged up because they're so mentally ill or self-medicating? You you could figure that out pretty quickly. I like the idea, look, we got a treatment program or you get 30 days in the slammer, that sort of thing.
1: How many are... Bring back vagrancy laws, that's what I say. How many are good-intentioned, wannabe, law-abiding citizens that if they just had a hand up would uh, uh, get into normal society? Because that's I'm, the way they're portrayed. I right? actually think that number's quite small, but a lot of you think it's the majority of them. But I would like to know what the number is. Oh, hey, by the way, Scott in Reno, longtime friend of the
3: Armstrong and Getty Show, has sent along a present for Jack and his boys, a book called Does It Fart? The Definitive Field Guide to Animal Flatulence. From dogs to
1: millipedes to dinosaurs and octopuses, which animals flatulate? Jack, this is for you and the boys. My kids would like that. I will not have a book with that word on the cover part, in my house. primary. I will call them when you're not at home and read it to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Marshall's News
1: next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I don't know why this just popped into my head. In the, in the modern society, everybody wants to be amused from the moment they wake up to the moment that they go to sleep at night. Hmm. And yes. all we are is trying to get a little chunk of that. That is all we're doing. We're not going to fix anything in the world. We're not going. We're not. None of that. All we're trying to do is get a little chunk of people's need to be amused from the moment their eyes open to the moment their eyes go closed. Speak for yourself. Every single day. You not just a little chunk of that. Trying to fix the world. Mm.
3: <laughs> Actually, I was talking to uh, who? I, I was talking to somebody about something. Oh, we were, when we were talking about the uh, budget deficit and spending the youth into oblivion and the theft from generations, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Uh, Actually ran into our old boss, John, and a longtime uh, friend of the show, uh, Frank. And uh, I said, you know, the audience probably doesn't want to hear that crap, but we're gonna. (laughs) We're gonna do
1: it just because we can. So I am here to fix the world. I am not. I am here to amuse and stay employed. My only thoughts... Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips.
0: President Trump and South Korean President Moon will meet next month before Trump sits down with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Moon's office reporting this morning that a deal's been worked out. Trump and Moon will be getting together in mid-May. During his White House photo op yesterday, the president was praising the North Korean leader. I will soon be meeting with Kim Jong-un as we seek a future of peace, harmony, and security for the whole Korean peninsula, and in fact, for the whole world. Good luck with that. Speaking of fixing the world. President Trump not warming up to Iran, though, insisting once again the Iranian nuclear agreement's a bad deal, never should have been negotiated, and suggesting again he might pull the U.S. out of the accord next month. So he and Macron came up with some sort of uh, vision between the two of them? During the official visit, state visit, French President Macron was pushing Trump to negotiate a new framework for an Iran nuclear deal. Macron speaking through an interpreter. The Iranian deal, the JCPOA, the one negotiated in 2015 with Iran is a bad deal. We therefore wish from now on to work on a new deal with
3: iran a new framework i think the face-saving aspect of this is that there are going to be there are multiple aspects of that deal with iran that expire at various times right you know some five years some ten years some forever and what they're going to do is work on you know the first couple that come up and trump's going to be able to say yeah we toughened it up we made it better blah 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 um and but they're not going to ditch the the main framework that would be my guess
1: what's going to happen but I- they're being offered, uh, Iran's being offered you know, a whole bunch of carrots if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll extend the deal by, I think, three years of when you won't work on a nuclear weapon. It's like an extended warranty. And they're refusing, and the question everybody's asking is, if, as you say, you have no interest in getting a nuclear weapon, why, why are you against this? We're offering you all kinds of stuff to extend it by three years. What's the downside to you? It's how many mm. carrots can you actually eat? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah. because they want a bomb. You know what's the, the end result is, in a matter of time, maybe it's one, year maybe it's 10 years Iran North Korea and other bad countries are going to have nuclear weapons that's almost guaranteed yeah yeah we have an interest in delaying it though just, sure oh, yeah, absolutely. Hoping for regime
3: change so
1: it's like kicking it down off a, the road. it's like putting off a heart attack or cancer or whatever right. you know something like that will happen but you're putting off as long as you can but well, uh, the, the, eventually these bad countries are going to get these weapons I think there's just no stopping it
0: Following the meetings and the press conferences, the administration pulled out all the stops for President Macron and his wife. (laughs) Celebrating the ties between the U.S. and France at his first state dinner, Trump toasting Macron by pointing out the ties that bind. It is truly fitting that we are holding our first official state visit with the leader of America's oldest ally. Trump saying the U.S. and France are forever linked by fraternity and friendship. A friendship so deep that Trump brushed some dandruff off Macron's Oi. jacket
3: during... Say a- it's fuzz or something. You got something on your jacket. Don't identify it as dandruff in front of everybody. That's it's, just rude. It probably wasn't dandruff. Macron very well groomed.
0: There you but go. we do have a very special relationship. In fact, I'll get that little piece of dandruff for... <laughs> It'll be... We have to make him
2: perfect. He is perfect.
1: Dandruff is such a a, a guy <laughs> Trump's age thing to say because that was like half the commercials on in the seventies, right? Yeah. You can
2: hear the acceleration of camera clicks as he yes. reaches over yes. and I'm like, oh my god, everybody, we got to get this. Listen, but we do have a very special relationship. In my- fact, I'll get that little piece of dandruff for
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he declared him perfect and kissed him on the mouth. <laughs> Macron did have a what-are-you-doing yeah. look on his face. Oh, oh boy. What, what are you doing oh, here? Boy, what is this, superpower?
3: Stick. What uh, is this routine?
0: <laughs> and then both men walked away holding hands. That was uh, quite the day and Then honeymooned in French Lake, Indiana. Back to you. President Trump's attempt to restrict entry into the U.S. by individuals from particular countries will be the focus of the Supreme Court's last arguments this term, the justices are going to be hearing from lawyers today and the administration's request to reverse lower court rulings striking down the ban. I don't think they'll take 10 minutes
3: with this. I really don't. The arguments against the ban are just, A, specious. The idea that it's unconstitutional. That's ridiculous. Foreign nationals in foreign countries don't have constitutional rights. None. Any more than you have Zimbabwean rights. And the other, all the rest of the judicial decisions I've heard are just expressing... We don't like this policy. We think the policy ought to be something different. And that's not what you're there for. The statutes are clear. The president has the power to do this. Maybe you hate it. Vote him out of office.
0: For all the data privacy controversy Facebook's been dealing with recently, the social media behemoth remains a daily part of life for a significant majority of Americans. A new Associated Press uh, in a NORC Center for Public Affairs Research poll Found sixty-one percent of Americans who use the internet go to Facebook at least once a day. That is incredible. I'm sorry, say that number again. Sixty-one percent of Americans wow. who use internet. So if you go on the internet at all, yeah, that's incredible. Yep,
1: in Insta- three out of five people hit hit Facebook at least one time a day. Instagram. You are you are a
0: dominant anything. you can pull that off. Instagram's far behind in second place is the most popular social media. 17% of Americans say they check it throughout the day. 61%. And And we need to dig deeper into those numbers. I'd
3: like to see the figures for, you know, people below 35, that sort of thing. Right. See which direction it's going.
0: And I was listening to an interview with a couple of uh, marketing experts, a woman who's an editor at Wired Magazine. Saying she called around to advertisers and said, "What do you think is this going to affect your dealings with Facebook?" The advertisers, as one said, "No." Wh- what have- the recent controversy? Right. Oh, okay. They yeah. have they have the biggest footprint of all two billion plus people. Now they may tweak it a bit. They may ask for more transparency, but we're not giving up on Facebook. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. As soon as
1: they get all that information that's coming out about how online advertising doesn't work, they might change their mind. Cause there's right. been a lot of that in recent um, months. Yeah, yeah.
3: Overpriced and ineffective. I, I'm tempted to get a Facebook account just to have fun manipulating the ads I get. Just <laughs> post nothing but information on, I don't know, breast implants and stuffed kangaroos. Just talk about those two things
1: incessantly. See what kind of ads I get. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you got to clear up one thing that I got slightly, well, 180 degrees wrong Whoops. yesterday. It wasn't my fault. I read it out of the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, that's <clears throat> your mistake. Um, Later, for your business success, we have the 10 habits of unlikable people. The 10, say it again, habits of unlikable people. So these things you wouldn't want to Exactly, do. avoid these things. Okay, well, yeah, I want to hear that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The
3: conscience of the nation.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: It's not just your trunk. Last year, they introduced something called Amazon Key, which remotely opens your door for them when you're not there. Amazon,
0: this is getting weird. (laughs) You're slipping into our lives in ways no one's asking you to. I'm afraid the next time I order underwear, I'll get a message saying, look down, we already put them on (laughs) you.
1: It's amusing. Sean has noticed because we we are all uh, discussing. We're in the first slow news period since Trump announced in June of 2015. Right. This is the I first time. Thursday last week was the first slowish news day. And because we're in this slowish news period, Sean mentioned yesterday he's having more luck finding. Non-political stories that aren't somehow attempting to tie to Trump. Right. And I'm hearing more jokes from the comedians that don't have anything to do with freaking Trump or Russia. Yeah. Like that, and they're funny. Yes. I like hearing them. That was a funny joke. had nothing to do with G.D. Donald Trump. The obsession
3: may have at least faded temporarily. I hope so. The obsession that ties everything to Trump, and generally speaking, hatred of Trump. Um, Coming up, the 10 habits of unlikable people.
1: Yeah, see, that's going to be good. I was a, it'll help you in your life and your career. I was thinking up until this last break that, man, people have tuned into a dog of a show today. What? I mean, you are really, ah. really wasting your time. But no, it has turned out I've come <laughs> across many interesting things. Wow. Um, including the Bill Cosby trial. Closing arguments yesterday. I haven't heard about this, but I just keep seeing headlines that yeah, they were pretty five exciting. Five hours worth of closing arguments. Wow. As a guy recently sat on a jury, that's plenty Um, and, uh, well, I won't mention that one until I'm ready to mention that one. And the other, um, the, the story that I got wrong yesterday, I thought I read it in the Chronicle, but it doesn't matter where I read it. Uh, James Comey was in San Francisco on Monday night for the speaking tour. And the, and I was reading a bunch of quotes from booksellers who were saying, They've sold three copies of Comey's book in a week, and this is, you know, and I thought, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. And everybody, it's because there's been so many interviews or whatever. Fire and Fury, we sold this many books of Fire and Fury in five minutes. I remember take that a quote. Yeah. yeah, these were quotes from booksellers. Yesterday, I saw this tweet on national numbers Comey has sold 600,000 copies in the first week, double of what uh, Hillary's What Happened book, and triple Wolf's Fire and Fury book. So, what I told you was exactly the opposite of what has happened. Wow, that's a good example of, uh, you know, focusing in too close and getting quotes from individuals. And And I think having an agenda. Well, yeah, clearly. Somebody, I mean, nobody took the time to get the numbers on purpose. Wow, that's... And I passed it along to you, because I didn't take the time, but... Because I suppose wow. I had an agenda. I wanted James Comey's book to sell poorly. Um, oh, but nice. yeah, no, it's flying off the shelf, shelf. And Fire and Fury was a huge hit. Mm. And Comey's tripled that in the first week. So there you go. Don't believe everything you read, see, or hear. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah,
3: I hate to encourage <laughs>
1: cynicism, but uh, especially, how do you not? Especially out of me. Don't believe anything you hear out of me. I, don't, no, no, I, nobody, don't. Nobody does. I don't know. Nobody does. I don't know what to tell you. I'm kind of interested in this new thing, though, even though it's so deadly. So that guy who drove the van into all those people in Canada is an incel. And I didn't know what an incel was until yesterday. And I've been reading about it. And what the hell do we need a name? What are incels? People who are involuntary celibate and have a deep hatred of women because of it. And and a lot of dudes. Wow. And uh, and and uh, there are websites. It's its own community. So it's bitter, bitter sexual jealousy. Yeah. 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 And uh, <clears throat> the term incel is short for involuntary celibate. The people who consider themselves part of a group routinely post online rants with misogynistic, violent overtones. Uh, oh there's gosh. lots of websites dedicated to it. Oh, my God. Their rhetoric, the rhetoric has been so vitriolic that they have been banned from having their own forum on Reddit. These men often rage against the people they dismiss as Chads and Stacys, this loser killer up in Canada. He mentioned that in his Facebook post, all these Chads and Stacys out here. People who do have healthy sexual men and unhealthy. Men and mostly. women who take part in mainstream society and who lead active sex lives. Wow, that is such an interesting psychological phenomenon. Chad and a bunch of incels leapt to this guy's defense as soon as he killed all these people. Chads and Stacy's should be scared, one forum member said, referring to the Toronto attack. This is what happens when you deny so many men love and affection for their entire lives. This is it. We need to close down the internet. We need to shut down the internet
3: so that individuals with bizarre, diseased,
1: uh, angry thoughts don't get them reinforced. So this is what I had heard. This is the first time maybe ever that after a mass killing, what you heard afterwards turned out to be pretty true. But they came across one of his social media postings where he was referring to, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but a mass killer from Southern California right. who who killed a bunch of people. He was an incel, and he did it because he was mad at women that wouldn't date him and wouldn't have sex with him. And this killer in uh, in Canada had posted about this dude. And they caught on quickly that he was part of this incel community, which authorities have been on to, apparently, but I had never heard of it. Had you heard of it? I hadn't heard of the incel community. No, no. I remember that SoCal
3: dude and, uh, yeah, that that sickness, but I'd kind of forgotten about it because I thought it was so
1: rare. Before Monday's... Oh, it's so freaking stupid. Oh, it is so it, stupid. It, hey,
3: hey, hey, incel idiots. Number one, you're idiots. That probably didn't help. Number two... If every guy who couldn't get laid killed a bunch of people, there wouldn't be any more people. Because everybody deals with it for a little time, a lot of time, whatever. Your problem is you're a quitter. Not that womankind has denied you loving. Maybe spend less time with your bizarro, sick online buddies and get out in the world and understand how to treat a woman, how to talk
1: to a woman. My God. before I was getting laid a lot. It was amazing. Well, you're you're a Chad and Stacy. Uh, before Monday's horrific attack, the loser scumbag identified himself on Facebook as part of the incel rebellion and praised this other dude who had killed a bunch of people as a supreme gentleman. After the killing, people on the uh, same internet forum expressed gratitude to Saint Blank and Saint Blank, the names of these two guys, which I'm not going to mention. But uh, yeah, that is a weirdo community, man. That is a weirdo oh. community willing to kill. Normal people, normal regular people, because they're having regular relationships and having sex. Right.
3: Wow, what an interesting uh, oh, psychological so crazy. metastasization that you're unhappy and envious. And so you not only turn the happy into villains, but you then elevate the, the most unhappy into some sort of hero, uh, even though they have no positive attributes. And all they've done is evil. That is a sick,
1: sick, twisted psychology. Yeah, I could sit down with an ISIS member and relate to them way better than I could these NCEL people. Um, As horrific as they are. At least I, I kind of understand where they're coming from, even though you're wrong. Um, this is so crazy. Sean, feel free to label this uh, section of
3: the podcast, Jack Relates to ISIS Members. Already done.
1: Okay. Just... just Just when you thought you'd figured out all the things you should be scared of. Oh, my God.
3: (sighs) I swear to God, we got to shut down the Internet. I agree. Whether it's child molesters or or these people, you can't have these people's views
1: reinforced over and over again by the tiny percentage of people who hold them. If you know anything about it, 415-295-KFTC, the Armstrong and Getty Show.